What's up, everybody? I'm JJ John J. Stramski. And I'm Jason Goff. And if you haven't heard, The Ringer has gone local. I'm bringing the fire. I'm bringing the rain from the Big Apple with my show, New York, New York. And I'm repping Chi-Town with my new show, The Full Go on All Things Chicago. We've got episodes three nights a week with all the reaction to the local teams and guests. Plus bonus episodes around all the big games and storylines. So whether you're uptown, downtown, in the burbs, or a transplant. Make sure you follow New York, New York, and The Full Go on Spotify or wherever you get your podcast. This episode is brought to you by eBay Motors. eBay Motors has everything you need to keep your ride or die alive. From superchargers, brakes, exhaust kits, and more, 122 million parts. eBay Motors levels your baby up to its peak performance. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back with all the parts you need at the prices you want. It's easy to bring home the win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusion supply. Ready to find your next favorite podcast? Spotify makes it easier than ever to discover new favorites by previewing short audio clips before committing to a full listen. You can even watch some podcasts with video or just keep playing audio in the background. It's everything you want in one app. Music, podcasts, and audiobooks across any device. Play anytime, anywhere, any way you'd like with Spotify. Try today. Welcome to the Ringer Fantasy Football Show. My name is Danny Heifetz. I am joined by Danny Kelly and Craig Korolbeck. Week 8 is done, except for Monday Night Football, which we're not going to talk about Giants Chiefs. Who needs to care about that? Week 8 is done, as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> Let's just get to it. Week 8 winners. What if the Giants win? I, anyway. I'll be on Green <laughs> we'll Room after the game. Out. And if you, uh, you want right. to hear my thoughts on the Giants win, you can find me there. There's only one winner from the week. There's only one man. There's one man who rises above all else. The cream rises to the top. White Lotus, a.k.a. Mike White, baby. The next Brady <laughs> is what people are already calling him. He's the current Brady. <laughs> Mike White walked in to the Meadowlands and beat up Joe Burrow and the Bengals. Put up 28 fantasy points. The third quarterback on the day won the game. Put up 400 yards, three touchdowns, two picks, both of which were not his fault. They were both tip passes. He looked amazing. He was 37 for 45. Not only that, <laughs> uh, he has the second most yards by a quarterback in their first game ever behind Cam Newton. That's pretty hilarious. <laughs> On 82% completion percentage. DK, I have a so, very serious question for you. So obviously, my, so he's a yeah. fifth round pick from 2018. You know, Mike White has worked very hard to get to this point in his life. We've never heard of him, but Mike White has been working for this moment his entire life. Do you think any of that had anything to do with this? Or do you think he accomplished the 400 yards 100% solely because we bet against him for the under? <laughs> we took the under on the I mean, who can yards. say? I feel like that was who, a, who really could say? Um, it was funny because there's like all these tweets about he's like, this is like the one of the greatest rookie not rookie, one of the greatest debuts for any quarterback of all time. And I'm like, of course we should have predicted that. Yeah, that was obvious. That was easy. Against the five and two Bengals who had just been shutting down everybody whose defense looked so great. Um, no, I mean, this was just like one of the most bizarre things I've ever seen, like for real. Um, Craig, I think you said on the green room earlier, like this is the most improbable performance <laughs> ever we've ever seen. Maybe <laughs> ever. Like, 
literally when you th- when you stack it up against like some of the greatest <laughs> debuts of all time, like this maybe is the most improbable performance of all time. It was bizarre. Uh, I don't think it's you know I don't think it's necessarily indicative of the fact that like Mike White is going to be the next great quarterback in the NFL. Um, we can dig into why I think that, but <laughs> Craig, first of all, give me give me your spiel on it. What do you think on on why he's the greatest quarterback of all time? Well, no, I'm, I'm saying he's not. I'm saying he's not. He's very very close. <laughs> <laughs> the next Brady. All I gotta say is is sometimes these guys have performances where you look at the box score and you're like, oh, all right, this random guy didn't play too bad. Kind of like Cooper Rush tonight. But when you actually watched Cooper Rush, he wasn't that good. Mike White, when you watched Mike White today, if aliens came down and knew what football was and watched this guy, didn't know any of the players' names, they'd be like, what is this guy, top five quarterback in the league? He looked fantastic (laughs) against a team that just beat the hell out of the Ravens and Lamar Jackson last week. Um, Mike White looked really, really good. He was dialing it up, super accurate. I think Craig has an agenda here. Why? Which is? Mike White kind of looks like you. (laughs) (laughs) Mike White could very easily be a Horlbeck. Oh, yeah. Okay. Does he look like me, or is he just white, 6'2", with brown hair? I like that you just casually threw the height in there, (laughs) as if that would ever translate. 6'2", and a quarter. Yeah. How tall is Mike White? He's 6'4". Uh. I think he just looks like a rand, just the, your average white kid, which might be yeah, me. So do you? Yeah. Okay, that's fine. Why doesn't he look like you then? Uh, I'm probably just bigger. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, Mike White, man. Yeah. I was. I wanted. To, I was asking you guys. We talked about it a little bit on the green room, which everybody should listen to on Sundays. Yeah. Like, is I want to know when the next late, late round quarterback who actually blossoms and becomes a thing is, right? Like, obviously, Brady was a six-round pick. Heifetz pointed out that Dak was a fourth-round pick. That might be the most recent guy to go outside of, like, the first three rounds and actually, like, make a statement. When is the next one going to come, and is it our boy White Lotus here? (laughs) White Lotus. So, not to throw too much cold water on the Mike White excitement, because it was definitely fun. And, like, Craig, you mentioned this earlier, like, he was vibing on the sideline during like yeah, dance and stuff. He's like dancing in the fourth quarter is a close game. <laughs> you know, it's like he's kind of got a little bit of the Burrow swag where he's like, "This guy's ice cold." Um, it's kind of like however, Space Jam. He took Joe Burrow swag. He did. <laughs> I know. Seriously, Burrow threw a pick. Um, but I wanted like a little context here to be to be honest. Um, his average depth of target today was four point two yards. There was a lot of checkdowns. I know that he made some big hits. He did make some big throws. I'm not d- going to take that away from him. And it was a lot of fun to watch. And we were joking about being excited about watching the Mike White show and like rushing for more than two yards, all that stuff last week. Um, this was legitimately kind of a fun game to watch. Um, but again, like he said, uh, like I said, four po- and this is from PFF, 4.2 yards per attempt on his average depth of target, 63% of the yards he picked up today. So more than half of those 400 yards came after the catch. Um, I saw that from Dwayne McFarland, PFF, and 21 targets. So 21 of his completions were to running backs. <laughs> uh, sorry, of his of his passes were to running backs. Michael Carter had 14 targets. Ty Johnson had six targets. This was a strangely dink and dunk offense that like went prolific. It was like kind of a weird like contrast because he was dinking and dunking but he he was the first Jets quarterback to pass for 400 yards since like the year 2000 um 
So Look, I don't Tom know. Tom Brady I don't know beat the Falcons in the Super Bowl by checking down to James White. I don't see your point here. I, I mean, mean, look, he took what the defense was giving him. He was very efficient with it. So respect, like he did a good job. Taking what um, the defense is giving wanna... him, checking down to running backs. It sounds like a guy it I've sounds heard like of before. Mike White's the greatest quarterback <laughs> of his generation. Just ice cold and clutch. Yeah, DK, sure, let me okay. ask you, if Mike White comes out on Thursday night and spanks whoever the hell they're playing, I forget. Spanks. Um, another 400 burger, three touchdowns. Do yeah, they, yeah. does Robert Sala and LaFleur, do they think about it? Do they think about it starting him over Zach Wilson? Does it cross their mind? <laughs> I was like livid when Heifetz was bringing this up on the green room. And the more I think about it, I'm like, okay, fine. Look, if they want to try and win some games, the best thing that they could do is pretend that Zach Wilson's still hurt. Keep him on the sideline. Keep him with the trainers. Basically, like, say, look, he's not ready to come back. Put him on IR, whatever. Put him on ice for a little while. Um but I don't think, like, generally speaking, they're going to just, like, switch to this guy and, like, trade the number two overall pick after, like, five games or however many games he started. Like, that's just ridiculous. DK's this is, this mad is not, Wally Pip lost not, his job to Babe Ruth. <laughs> <laughs> Good Lord. This is the 26... He was drafted in 2018. He's bounced around the league. They just traded... They just traded for Flacco, you idiots. Okay. Heard of, Mike White is not he the He just had Tom the Brady. best game for this franchise in, like, 20 years. Ever heard of Steve okay. Young, DK? <laughs> I mean, look, I can't argue Dick, with this. Honestly, Steve, it's just mad the for Steve Drew Young Bledsoe is a, that is, a, is such a good trump card because you can use Steve Young for anyone because Steve Young didn't do jack shit till he's like 30 years old. Now he's a Hall of Famer. So he's what am I supposed he's to say? He's Cordell Patterson. Um, anyway, I, I don't know. Look, hey, I want the Jets fan. I want Jets fans to enjoy this. I think it look, we should talk to Jets fans because they're not if I'm a Jets this. fan. If I'm a Jets fan, I'm like, this sucks because Zach Wilson didn't do any of this shit like earlier in the no, year. I actually, well, my real explanation though is I, the, I'm not shocked that Mike, uh, that Mike White was better than Zach Wilson. I think that what's stunning is how much the extent to which that he was better than Zach Wilson. Like a guy who's been around the league, <laughs> even if you've never heard of him, it's like he's mentally been practicing in the NFL for three years. Which does matter. Like, I'm not surprised that, like, a rookie like Zach Wilson is overwhelmed. And, like, BYU, it's not quite the same environment as, like, the sure. SEC. I mean, it, I'm not surprised. But it is, in a weird way, Roger Sherman pointed this out, somehow still depressing for Jets fans, as you said, that Zach Wilson <laughs> yeah. has looked so yeah. overwhelmed. And yet Mike White just comes in and is like, oh, this is easy. Just throw to the running backs. And it's like... <laughs> Damn. <laughs> Was it that Michael. easy the whole time? Also, how does just checking down 20 times produce 400 yards? That has that part still doesn't <laughs> yeah. make sense to me. Mike White, uh, you know, has been on the Jets since 2019. So you could argue he is yet another player once freed from the yoke of Adam Gase to succeed. Wow. Oh my God. Also, Kevin Clark made the point to that Cooper Rush made the Cowboys four years ago because he beat Mike White out for the job or three years ago. <laughs> wow. Well, they were afraid because they knew he was going to beat out Dak. Yeah. That was their plan the whole time. Um, <laughs> okay. Anyway, no, I, I don't want to. The, the want to take anything away. Mike White's the big winner. Good job, good job, Mike White. That was a hell of. a Well, game. you already did, but it's okay. I did poo poo it. A you bit. just want to take his job away. Other than that, you don't want to take anything away from Mike White. Just, just the starting quarterback job. I'm not trying to take his job away. I'm just telling you, you're being ridiculous. They're Are you rooting give... for Mike White or not, DK? <laughs> it's a simple question. I'm, ag I'm, I'm very agnostic about it. Wow. DK, re DK rejects the fact that Mike White will be the greatest quarterback. <laughs> I have zero, zero Mike White on my dynasty team, so I don't give a shit. Listen, okay, we, how about this? How about this? Can we, we rank the, the 2018 quarterbacks going forward? Is Mike White above Josh Rosen? <laughs> I mean, 
<laughs> He's got to be, right? Is he above Sam Darnold? <laughs> that's, DK, where, that's the line right DK, there. right now, you're starting your career. You're starting a team. Who do you want? Sam Darnold you or Mike White? For, yeah. We, we, we. You're starting a <laughs> franchise right now. Holy shit. <laughs> I really just object to this question on religious grounds. This is the this is the most bad faith question I've ever asked you on this podcast. Let's say <laughs> yeah. something. You know what? I refuse to answer that. So let's move on. <laughs> All right. Whatever. Okay. Who else won the day? I mean, Mike White won the day. We can give Cooper Rush too, since he just gave you know his. We got all the shots of his dad. backup quarterbacks won the day. Trevor Simeon. Too. Yeah. Unbelievable. Also, Geno Smith had a had a pretty damn good day too. Randomly, I think the key um, is that quarterbacks don't matter. <laughs> We've been yeah. talking about running backs don't matter. The quarterbacks are irrelevant. Just play the backups. Yeah, honestly, yeah, you're so not wrong. Um, amongst the top 10 quarterbacks in fantasy this week are Davis Mills, Justin Fields, Mike White, Jimmy Garoppolo, Carson Wentz. Jesus. Yeah, grim stuff. Um, are we losers? My, my winner. Hold on. Before we move on, we got to acknowledge another Jet. Big day for the Jets, by the way. And, the Jets and look, literally are winners. That's I'm, I'm actually legitimately excited about this one, and that was Michael Carter from the mm. Jets. He looked awesome. Um, he had gradually kind of taken over the backfield over the last few weeks, but this this game was, I guess, like his big breakout. He had 15 carries, 77 yards, a touchdown, added nine catches on 14 targets for 95 yards, scored 32 points in PPR. He is the RB1 after Sunday is over. Um, and I think so, like, generally speaking, for the season, 14 targets is really what stood out to me because the Jets are going to likely be, be playing a lot of negative game scripts. They're going to be playing from behind, which means the passing game work for the running backs are going to be more valuable in most cases than the early down stuff. The fact that Carter was utilized so much as a pass catcher makes me really excited for what he can do in the second half of the season, especially when you yeah. got a guy like Mike White um, at quarterback. Mike White... Since he starts, has taken over, or like I guess over the last two games overall, the Jets have thrown 40% of their targets to running backs. <laughs> so this is a like, this is like a river valley pass catching it's running like very backs. And I'm just silt. kind of excited. <laughs> the fertile delta, yes. Um, so I'm, I'm excited about Carter. I think he also like passes the eye test. He looks really good. He's, he's elusive, he's got he's like got a spring in his step. He could bounce, bounce it, you know, after the catch and everything. So I don't know. I just like him. I think he did. He he looked really good. And over the second half of the season, um, he's kind of got like that sneaky RB two appeal. Uh, to, like, I also kind of like Ty Johnson. He sneakily had seventy one yards today receiving as well, and looks really good. Yeah. Like another really kind of explosive uh, backup. <laughs> ben, did you guys see Ben Selleck's tweet today about the Jets? They're two and zero against teams that made the playoffs last year, and zero and five versus the rest. <laughs> Why do we do? Why do we play fantasy? Why do we bet on this shit? Nothing makes sense. I mean, I think it makes perfect sense. Mike White's just a really good quarterback. Rack, wrap your mind around it, DK. You're out here like, ooh, we just checked it down and they got 400 yards. I mean, don't think about it. Look, he did make some good throws. All right, I don't want people getting in my. No, to be clear, Mike mentions. White probably still sucks, but that's not fun. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> What's fun about that? All right, uh, loser, man. Uh, <laughs> there's so many to choose from <laughs> us for playing uh, fantasy football. That's number one. That's yeah. number one. As always. Diki, you want to go first? Yeah, I'll start. So I wanted to put Justin Fields as a winner, but I'm not quite ready to put him in the category where like, I'm excited about what he's going to do week in and week out. So I'm saying Matt Nagy bears head coach, hmm. biggest loser of the week. And I'm not going to joke about COVID, but he missed the game 
in COVID protocols, but him not being at the game, and then Justin Fields had the best game by far as a pro. Feels related, you know what I mean? Um, I don't. I don't even. I don't even know where to start with Justin Fields because when you watch him, so like there's been several games this week or this season where when you watch him, he looks completely lost. Like he just looks like he's never played quarterback before. You know what I mean? And a lot of that is to do with the offensive line stinks. The play calling doesn't seem like very geared towards his particular skill set, which everyone knew before the season was like he likes to drop back and pass it deep. He likes to like he's mobile. He's all that. He doesn't like he's not a quick drop back passer. And this offense was like, here, get the ball out quickly. Like you didn't ever do this in college. Do it now in the NFL with terrible receivers. Um, Well, so the result, not terrible, you know, underperforming. How about that? Um, So anyways, but then in other games. He's definitely flashed where like you're like, oh my God, this guy's traits are elite, 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 elite. Like he has a really strong arm, really good accuracy. And when he takes off and runs, it's like, holy shit, this guy looks like Michael Vick out there and it's like the speed, you know what I mean? So this is one of those games where I got really excited about what Fields could be down the stretch, you know, in his career because um, they finally started, it felt like they were starting to use him more logically in like the scheme. He did end up, it, it, it felt like he was a little more willing and a little more decisive on when to run. Early on in the season, he was like trying not to run. I don't know if that was a directive or like that was him trying to like prove that he can be a, like a pocket passer or what. But in this game, he took off and ran more. He had 10 rushes, 103 yards, and a touchdown. And the touchdown was a broken play basically where he tried to run to the right and then he broke it back, went to the left, like broke a tackle or or basically busted a um, a big run to the left and scored a touchdown by annihilating a pursuit angle from a defender. I mean, that was easily the best play of his career to date. Yeah, so I don't know. So he had 25 fantasy points. Does this mean he's going to break out and have a great second half of the year? I'm not quite ready to go there yet because the Bears, generally speaking, have just been a disaster. But like for the first time, I was like, yes, this is exactly what we pictured in the offseason when we were excited about drafting this guy in fantasy. Um because he's running, he's got that dynamic ability to like change um, the way that defenses have to defend you when he's willing to use his legs. There's this whole argument. I know that I'm kind of like ranting a little bit. There's this whole argument where at some point you have to teach a quarterback to play in the pocket. And I think a lot of coaches will are, are like very strong believers that you have to be able to drop back in the pocket and throw in order to succeed in the NFL. And I think that's true, generally speaking, like over time. However, I see a strong value in in quarterbacks running and especially guys like Fields who can really, you know, change the game with their running because when you look at it from like a psychological point of view like when when you make these big plays like you get that confidence it like builds up if you get a more rhythm in the game. You could see that with Fields in this game. Like he was picking up first downs with his legs. He was extending plays. He had that touchdown. He starts feeling it. He starts getting more confident. Yeah, DK, what you're rhythm. describing is momentum. Yeah, you you're saying you believe in momentum. I'm, I believe in confidence. I believe in, he looked like scared in a, in a couple, not scared, but like in a sense that like he just didn't know what to do. Like he almost looked lost. And then in this game, he's like feeling it. I believe in confidence. I'm not necessarily saying moment. I don't know. I'm actually not saying momentum because like I said, I don't know if this is going to like half the time people the talk game. about momentum. It, it, there's an argument whether momentum exists. It's just it, it, people right. conflate the terms of momentum and confidence. I think the long. TK spitting in the up, face of analytics. To wrap up this really long rambling thing about Justin Dude, We didn't Fields, make enough like, fun I think, of Matt Nagy in this conversation. <laughs> that's true. Um, 
I just think my point is he feels like it looked like he was so much more confident and it felt like more comfortable. And I think a big part of that is because he was willing to run. He was more decisive in running. And maybe, just maybe, that means he'll do it more in the future if, you know, the Bears kind of let him do his thing. And so I thought overall it was a really good sign. I think it was not a good sign that the game that Matt Nagy missed was his best game by far. How funny it was will it be a if not, Nagy a comes not back? Bad defense. But how funny will it be if Nagy comes back and Justin Fields sucks again? Ugh. That's when you fire yeah. Matt Nagy. Yeah, probably. You got to win. I mean, though. yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you can't, do. You can't do it. Right I mean, now. they they lost. The, the 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 bottom line: the Bears did lose. Quick sidebar <laughs> here. I P- Peter Schrager said this. I think on Good Morning Football, and I 100 percent agree. I never even thought about this. If a coach has to miss a game like Matt Nagy does for COVID, why can't he just like call in or be in a booth? Oh like, my god! Alone? It's the, it, it's it's just simply the most still. out. It's just literally a rule that it's about the technology that coaches are allowed to use and like the technology they can use on the sideline stuff is very regulated for Patriots cheating related reasons. <laughs> uh, and then they just oh. haven't adjusted those rules for like, it's so ridiculous. Well, no, I get it. It's just, they weren't thinking about like, well, update the know, rules. Yeah, no, they need to, they obviously need to change the rules. There's no it reason. It makes no that, sense that like Cliff Kingsbury has to be at home and can't communicate with his team. Cliff Kingsbury went on a walk and didn't watch the game. When he was out, the only reason it's not a bigger deal is that all until today, all the teams who've had their coaches miss the game have won. Funnily enough, <laughs> Kevin Stefanski missed a goddamn <laughs> playoff game, and the Browns were up like twenty six points in like twenty five minutes. <laughs> it's the like if you were there, matter. they almost certainly would have played worse. So anyway, but yeah, no, they need to change that role. All right, my loser for today is Carson Wentz. <laughs> But yeah. if I'm being honest, I don't really think Carson Wentz is the loser. I think the loser is, is my belief in the human capacity for change. That's because watching Carson Wentz today really took a dent in my 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 my, inter- my just your faith? true optimism, my like core <laughs> belief that human beings can can change for the better. Because right, fantasy wise, Wentz was all right. He was like QB eleven. In real life, I think this was the most Carson Wentz game that has ever happened. I did you guys see this game live? I did. Yeah. Well, this game was his career in a game. It was, kind right? Of. <laughs> it was. Yeah. Like I'm not okay. So if you didn't get to see the game, so basically fast forward to like the final two minutes or so, and it's like 24 to 24 tied. The Colts have the ball is like 90 seconds left. So they're tied at 24, it's 90 seconds left, and the Colts are pinned like deep near their own end zone. And it's like first down. And and they call a screen, and the screen isn't there. And Wentz, for some reason, backs up into the end zone. Instead of throwing the ball away, he backs up into the end zone, mm-hmm. takes too long, and gets hit. And he's like, oh, shit, I'm going to take a safety. So he switches hands <laughs> and with his left hand, throws the ball. To another defender. First of all, it looked like Arrested Development when Job throws the letter into the ocean. <laughs> yeah. And uh, it was a, and the guy, the defender catches, takes three steps and walks into the end zone. I don't want to like be hyperbolic, but I think that that is w- one tier below the butt fumble and like the worst football plays I've ever seen on the <laughs> NFL level. It's not as funny as the butt fumble on its face, but like, <laughs> so to speak. So, oh yeah, sorry. No pun intended. Um, the fact that he switched hands first is like the funniest <laughs> thing. <laughs> <That> <laughs> like seven it's feet, like, dude. 
Stop watching Patrick Mahomes re- re- like highlights. Um, yeah, that's always been the problem. I think, and again, like what your point was and the incapacity for people to change is generally speaking, throughout the season, I would say people are pretty, you know, happy with how once it's played, like encouraged. It feels like maybe there's a chance this is going to be the, their new. He had the, one the, pick going into today. Yeah, he had one pick. He well, had 15 picks last year. He led the league in picks last year with 12 games played. Technically, he had one pick. He, he he did have a shovel pass that was that turned out going down as a uh, as a fumble that was intercepted yeah, that, that, like, that was like la- last week or two weeks yeah. ago or whatever like that but one regardless was pretty, he was turning the ball over less pretty terrible too but like at the bottom happened. at the end of the day like people were pretty I feel like people had been encouraged like they're kind of trying to massage out the tendencies that he had uh, as a eagle where he's like trying to do too much like this is the thing I even wrote this in like to to link everything up I even wrote this in my Justin Fields scouting report last year in the in during the draft process that Fields has a little bit of a Wentzian propensity to try and make too much shit happen when people are draped on his shoulders. <laughs> this is like what Wentz has done his entire freaking career is he tries to do too much when pressure comes. He thinks he can be a hero. And this is exactly what happened. He tried to switch hands and then throw it with his left hand and he threw it right to the defender. This is pretty much what happened when he got uh, that shovel pass interception, whether it was last, I can't even, I can't remember when it happened. It was like last week or the week before. I think it was in the rain in the Niner game, wasn't it? Yeah. And he tried to do a shovel pass after he was like, had a guy draped on him and it got picked off. It was like the easiest, like stupidest play. But the amazing thing for this week was that he does the pick six. Then the next drive, someone comes down, gets the deep, deep, the pass interference again by underthrowing the deep ball, gets them to overtime with the touchdown, all 90 seconds, and then throws another pick in overtime. <laughs> yeah. First quarterback to throw a pick in the final two minutes of game and overtime in 15 years. It, and it was a horrific pick in overtime. It was a horrible, horrible pick. I can't picture it. Can you describe it to me? Uh, there was a player standing where he was trying to throw the ball. That, uh, correction, there were three. Okay. There were, it, was, it was like ludicrous. Correction. I, it was kind of like the Brady pick where a second, he, as soon as he threw it, like a guy just stepped right in front and grabbed it. Like, okay. like, well, how often on this show, like so many of the conversations we have, especially entering a new season, are basically about this player has always been this way. Mm-hmm. And what we're really arguing about is like, can this player change? And I am a sap. And I kind of genuinely believe, like, look, you know what? We all had a tough year. And, like, Wentz, you know, he's new spot, new spate, new me, and, like, comes in. And I'm just, I believe, man. I'm a believer. And I watched him today in a small, tangible, like, measurable piece of me today died. (laughs) Because I felt like it wasn't just watching Wentz. It was, like... Maybe I have more doubt now. I am not, I'm, I have more doubt now. And that maybe we just, you know what? We're all, it's like, I used to watch House oh, as man. a kid. And House's whole thing was like, people never change. I'm like, I think he was right. What about Josh Allen? He's an alien or something. We don't really know yeah. what's going on with him. Is he like, he's, um, he's no, the but guy that's that the we, problem. It's the Josh one Allen. great comedian spawns the 10,000 bad rights. Right. That's Josh exactly. Allen. Josh Allen ruined it for everybody else. Cause now everybody thinks that their shitty quarterback will be able to, become a Josh it's Allen. Josh Allen and Cordero Patterson. Those are the guys who can change. The, the two, rest of us can only The hope. two teams that uh, made big, very like franchise, like important franchise decisions in order to trade for a quarterback <laughs> this offseason were the Colts and the and Panthers. The Panthers. <laughs> no, right, not the Panthers one is, I think the Panthers need to get some justice here. 
they gave up a second round pick. And like what that really says to you is they basically were like, we're going to grade Darnold as if he were in this draft. What did we say scouting wise about Darnold three years ago? Right. That staff wasn't there. But regardless, if we graded Sam Darnold as a prospect, would we take him ahead of Justin Fields or Mac Jones? And if you even have to think about it, just take the second rounder and take a different guy. I get how they came to that decision. The first rounder for Wentz <laughs> is like... Is it official a first rounder yet? Isn't if he some, plays 75% 70, of the snaps. Okay. Yeah, or something about the playoffs. Or the too. 70 in the playoffs. Yeah. But at this point, the playoffs are looking bad because, I mean, they basically lost the division today. I mean, I, yeah. I like for, I, I know I was dramatic about once before, but they are now three and a half games behind the Titans halfway through the season. It's, it, I mean, after all, and on, honestly, like to wrap to wrap up this conversation completely, like I was like the the Colts are kind of frisky. Like honestly, they almost won this game. They're they have some very good like up and coming players, Michael Pittman, uh, Jonathan Taylor. You know, they're like a frisky team. I think that could definitely be a hard out. But like, yeah. It's definitely tough now, um, losing to the Titans. If they would have won that game, different story. This episode is brought to you by eBay Motors. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance from superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered with over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die you'll always find exactly what you're looking for and with ebay guaranteed fit your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back because with ebay motors you're burning rubber not cash with all the parts you need at the prices you want it's easy to turn your car into the mvp and bring home that win keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com Eligible items only. Exclusion supply. That's why I drafted you, Award. Hit us, DK. All right. AJ Brown. I love it. I'm loving it. This is great. And actually, I was, this was a big roller coaster ride, too, because like he didn't have his first catch until four minutes left in the second quarter. I I honestly was like, is he playing? I, every time I looked up at the Titans game, I was like, where's there? He's not even out there. Um, Ended up having 11 catches, or sorry, 11 targets, 10 catches, 155 yards, 31.5 PPR points. That follows up a 27-point uh, performance from last year, or from last week, sorry, when he had eight catches, 133 yards, and a touchdown. Um, he's just going nuclear. Like, I love everything that they do in this offense is predicated around, like, Derrick Henry and then the play-action game. And A.J. Brown is, like, so perfect for that because he just catches these passes over the middle and then takes them uh, down the field. But he's also, like, dominating on the outside. I don't know. A.J. Brown's just... He he looks like one of the best receivers in the NFL, and, like, his numbers are actually backing that up now. So it's lovely. I love it. Before the Julio Jones trade, sending him from the Falcons to the Titans, there was just no other receivers in Tennessee. And Ian Harditz at Pro Football Focus wrote a great, fun piece that was basically like, A.J. Brown will probably be the number one receiver in fantasy this year. <laughs> yeah. And then Julio was traded, and we were all like, oh, well, that's over. And the irony is now Julio is just missing so much that it's actually just gone back to before, like Julio was never there and they have nobody on this team except AJ Brown. And he's basically maybe the best receiver in fantasy again. <laughs> I love it. Um, and I, all he had to do was I'm get over for, the Chipotle. I'm actually pretty confident <laughs> that he can keep this up. Aren't, like, how do you feel about, I'm, I'm not saying necessarily he's going to score 30 points a game, but um, I think it's his health that needs no, to No, I think he's up. the top yeah. five receiver. Every week he's healthy is a top five play. Yeah. I know that sounds crazy based on how he did like, the first month of the season, but 
he wasn't great the first month of the season last year either. Yeah, I know. Like, yeah. He's kind of like Derrick Henry used to be. <laughs> yeah, I... <laughs> All right, Peter Derrick Henry. No, he's still good. Okay. AJ Brown, my that's why I drafted you award, Chris Godwin, man. Chris Godwin had the best game of the season. He he was kind of up and down. Antonio Brown kind of stole his thunder. Antonio Brown was out this week. Godwin, eight catches, 140 yards, and a touchdown. Number three receiver on the week for Chris Godwin. There was a point mid-third quarter where Chris Godwin had the majority of Tampa Bay's yardage. <laughs> so he just, it was just I think people who had Chris Godwin just really needed to see it. So it's good. Craig. Uh, it's Bobby Trees, who was a top 10 wide receiver this week. Two touchdowns today, one rushing and one receiving. He, th- this was a kind of an old school Bobby Trees game. You know, he got three rushes. It was all over the field. They were using him in a lot of different ways. This is what you wanted out of him. And, you know, now looking at his entire season, it doesn't look as bad as it kind of did three weeks ago. He's had double digit fantasy points in the last, in each of the last five games. It's kind of rounding into form a bit. Woods and Cup both had nine targets today, plus Woods had three rushes. Um, I think, you know, slow and steady wins the race here. <laughs> Maybe Robert Woods is the tortoise, but I think by the end of the season, he will probably be a top 24 guy, which is what we expected. Yeah. I think it's Did also- you say slow and steady wins the race when Cooper Cup has the best fantasy start to any season ever? <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, slow and steady wins the race in terms of your emotions when drafting Robert Woods. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I was gonna say it's all it's all about um comparison. It's all about pacing yourself mentally. I mean, <laughs> fantasy football is really like a test on your mental stability, your mental fortitude. Yeah. It's how long you can be patient, you know? Don't, don't trusting the analytics. Don't beat yourself up too much if Robert Woods and Cooper Cup are both sitting there and you did like I did too many times and you took Robert Woods over Cooper Cup. Is that what you're saying? Yes. <laughs> how That's exactly what I'm saying. How often do you guys like feel good about your team? <laughs> percentage of your day dude craig and i were just bitching at each other before the show just like god i had damn, a miserable like, day fantasy today fantasy. Fantasy. even when i have a great team i'm just ner- i'm just nervous, nervous all the time yeah every time like my player runs i'm like don't get hurt don't get hurt don't get hurt is he limping <laughs> it's it turns horrible. me into such a nervous, like nervous jewish mother watching my players how many hobbies do you have where most of the time you're not having fun <laughs> well is that us or is that fantasy football or is that just most hobbies I don't know. I feel like most hobbies, you have a good time and it doesn't cost a lot of money. <laughs> I don't it's know. If that's, I don't think that's true, actually. I'm what just thinking like, I feel like most hobbies are expensive. Think about like, yeah, I mean, I guess biking, if you're like a mountain skier. biking or skiing yep. or snowboarding or. Yeah, you know, extreme sports are pricey. Anything guess, it takes, like, like, do you have to travel and go do this? Like, you like, have to drive. I don't know if to get people there. like to read, they like to knit, they like to cook. Like, most of the time, you're just happy. Yeah. You All know? right. You should, oh, I like to read. You're in a book club, and then you're like, "Oh shit, I didn't read the book." It's like gardening. Oh, Stressful. now your fingers. Oh, your fingers hurt. Well, now your back's gonna hurt. <laughs> Just pulled landscaping duty. Okay. Just like thinking about like snowboarding back in the day. I'm like, half the time it's like completely whiteout conditions. You can't see shit. You're like freezing your ass off. Are you on a the... snowboarder? <laughs> yeah, I used to be. Ooh. I don't wow, do it anymore because cool. my knees hurt too much. I'm getting old. Wow, dickhead. I kind of want to hit the, hit the mountain with you. All Actually, right. there's a, there's many reasons why I don't do it anymore, including the fact that my snowboard and all my gear got stolen, and I just didn't oh. want to buy new stuff. How did it get stolen? <laughs> uh, I had it in I had it in a locked garage, and someone stole it from my garage. I was hoping for DK, a better story. Are Sorry you, about are you that. like a are you like a whiskey guy on the mountain? Like a little swig of Fireball up there? Yeah, you got to get warmed up. There you go. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm a snowboarder. It, like Mount Baker, near where I live, it's like 
constantly snowing and cold and like wet. Like it's like wet snow. So it's not like beautiful sunny day where it's like, like all your endorphins are going. It's a wet snow. Like I got to eat some chili and some, do a shot here, get it warm, freezing my ass off. Okay. Anyway. I almost died skiing and I gave up. Anyway, I don't know how we got on this. I, I mean, I look, I love snowboarding, but I just can't do it anymore. It's too expensive. I guess we'll talk about football. I kind of could just talk about this forever. But anyway, dad award. While we're talking with DK. Talking DK about, give us speaking the, of dads. The dad. We're not mad. We're just disappointed. DK. Listen, Devontae Smith, I'm not mad, especially at you. I'm just disappointed <laughs> in the production. The underlying numbers that you've been putting up all year. They've been great. Uh, coming into this game, you had run a route, and this is according to PFF, on 94%. Of the, your team's dropbacks, you had a twenty-four percent target rate. That's exactly what you want from like a wide receiver two, wide receiver one type player. Um, unfortunately, my God, this Eagles passing game—it's just rough. It's just rough to watch. Hasn't translated to big points. You were ranked thirty-seventh in PPR coming into this game, and then you had one catch today for fifteen yards um, in a forty-four to six blowout. If I had told you before the game, you guys, that the Eagles had won forty-four to six. Wouldn't you have guessed, like, you know, Devontae Smith, the number one receiver on the team, had had more than one catch? Yeah, I would. Thank you. Um, that didn't happen. He had one catch. Uh, Jalen Hurts had nine completions. Nine. In a 44-6 to six win, he had nine <laughs> Well, they didn't completions. need to. The irony is it's I like... I was going to say, is that why? I don't, the Eagles I'm not are saying they didn't need it. I'm just saying with, this pisses me off. Dude, Eagles fans <laughs> were so mad that the Eagles were not running the ball. That three weeks yeah. ago, they literally gave a fake standing ovation when they ran the ball. And then three weeks later, we're like, dude, all they did was run. Hurts his nine completions. It's like they just it swung all the way. But they didn't need to run, though. That's I know. kind of the funny thing. I recognize that. I mean, That's actually, I'm not mad. I'm just disappointed. Yeah, we're just, yeah. Uh, they ran the ball 46 times today. Oh, my God. 46 That's times. Ridiculous. <laughs> Three three different receivers, or sorry, three different running backs had double-digit carries in this game. Um, anyways, you know, I guess you could Did have... you guys know Jordan Howard was still in the NFL? No. Didn't they just claim him on waivers or something? Like, how did he even end up on this team? I can't remember. Or was he coming off the IR? I, I think he was in the crowd. <laughs> and they just, like, were I like, hey, I don't even know his origin thing. story on the Eagles. All right, Craig. Who you mad at? You're not dis- you're not mad. You're just you're just disappointed. I'm not mad at Chase Claypool. I'm not mad at him. I'm disappointed in him. I'm disappointed in the Steelers' usage of him. He's like a Formula One car being driven by my grandfather, <laughs> and it's a bummer. It's just a little disappointing. He's been your fa- pretty... your grandfather catching strays right now. It's just mean. <laughs> he's he's underwhelming this year. He's the wide receiver thirty two. It's not the worst thing in the world, but it's not what you expected. He has one touchdown this year. He's just the odd man out in this offense that dinks and dunks, and that's not his game. He is a race car, and they just refuse to go over 20 miles an hour with him. He's catching like five-yard outs. It's just, it's not what it's supposed to be. He's like so. one of those uh, like off-road Baja trucks that can like do everything, <laughs> and then they're just like driving in the slow lane like down, like down Main Street. You know what he is? He's a he's a Lamborghini at Peach City, Georgia, <laughs> where, where Mike's at right now, yeah. where it's just a golf cart community, and and that's where Chase Claypool is right now. <laughs> they made him into a golf cart. No, uh, this is brutal. 
I was I was so excited about what Clay, Claypool would be able to do this year. I definitely came into the season with, I guess, like your my eyes wide open about the idea that like this offense is just not going to be vertical. It's not going to be a vertical offense. But I just kind of thought they would get him involved in other ways enough that it would like be okay. Because you remember last year he was scoring touchdowns on sweeps and things like that. They're getting you utilized in that way. But that's really just gone to Najee now. You know what I mean? Yeah, um, totally. So. Yeah, it's definitely it's been definitely disappointing. I'm very curious where his career is going to go post Roethlisberger because it's going to be you know fascinating. Deontay is like perfect with Roethlisberger. Um, Claypool is not. However, I do think Deontay is talented enough and has a broad enough skill set to to thrive with any quarterback probably. But um, yeah, the next quarterback for the Steelers is going to be important because both of these ben, guys are super talented. I know I said Carson Wentz had one of the worst throws I've ever seen today, but <laughs> oh, Ben! I also worse. have to say, like Ben Roethlisberger, Wentz, it was like the dumb play because like, like he did he was something under bad duress. and made it worse. It was like he did something bad and made it worse, and then panicked and actually made one of the worst things I've ever seen. Ben, it was different in a clean pocket. Ben Roethlisberger, I know sometimes you just don't see a player that's standing right there. There were two what, guys three? just waiting. <laughs> For him to throw the ball. And he tried to split the two like a bowling ball. I tell you, Tony Romo, it was like, I have no idea what Ben just did right there. I have and, no and idea Romo why he made that throw. Thrash players. Like players don't like to, to make fun of other players. Right. And Romo was like Romo was speechless. He was doing the sounds, but he's like, like, he's like I can't <laughs> I can't figure out <laughs> like it why the, he did that. It reminded me last year. Yeah. I when, don't know, Jim. <laughs> it reminded me last year when the Steelers lost to the Bengals on Monday Night Football, and my grandmother texted me, I think Ben Roethlisberger has an astigmatism. Yeah. Oh, and he's got like, more than that. That's, that's the, the best. The only explanation I can have is his eyes don't work anymore. And maybe he's that old. What the Steelers do at quarterback next year, I think, is one of the most interesting offseason storylines. Yeah. It It'll feels, define yes. the yes. next five years so for the team. We, talk, we, we actually didn't talk about We had so much to talk about with the Seahawks. Steelers game from was that a week ago or four? I time has just <laughs> that was last week. I think was that that was that no, one? No, it was, no, it was two weeks two weeks ago. Because last oh, yeah, week was the yeah. rain, the bomb right. cyclone. Well, the Steelers Seahawks was its own kind of bomb cyclone. Anyway, what we talked about, I, I can't remember if we talked about this on the pod or not, but uh, that I wanted to know what it was like to as an outsider. Now that I see it, I wanted to know what it was like between this one and the Giants holding on to Eli Manning for too long and the Steelers with this team. Because when I was with, you know, I'm a Giants fan, and I was like, is this what it looked like to everyone else? And I, I, a lot of Steelers fans on Twitter and emailed us and basically were like, the difference is like, this Steelers team is really, really good, except for Ben Roethlisberger. Like, Eli Manning, it was sad, but like, who cared? The Giants sucked. <laughs> this Steelers team could win the fucking Super Bowl with like 12 other quarterbacks. Yeah, the fact that we're still like gonna maybe be nine and eight and squeeze into the playoffs is even worse, you know? Because if we crazy, how good? Like, it's almost in a weird way. Even though I feel like we talk about this every week, it's somehow not discussed enough. The Steelers' mm -hmm. defense is like legit, probably the best one in the NFL. Also, like everything is good. Everything about their team is honestly the, the, above the, average. The, it's 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 wild. I I cannot believe how bad he is. Is the lion playing well? Yeah, it's been better. I mean, it's not it's great, fine. but it's been better. Yeah. They, and it, he's it, a it, catastrophe. The whole nightmare. point of Ben is to make good decisions. Like, that's the point of an old quarterback. And he's incapable. All right, anyway, we don't have to talk about this. Anymore. That's the whole I, point of an old quarterback. Yeah, you're wise. Your job's to be smart. Okay. I have... I'm not mad at mm -hmm. Dak Prescott. 
That would be ridiculous. Mm-hmm. He's oh. hurt. He's a calf injury. Like I'm not mad. He can't play. You have to do. You have to do what's best for your long term health. I am disappointed about when we learned. <laughs> like the timeline, I'm disappointed at the the communication involves with not Dak, that's the whole team. You know, I'm not mad at that, but. You know, Mike, Dak, you know, he's in the walking booth. They're like, don't worry, don't worry. Craig, Dr. Holbeck over here is like, oh, walking boot's actually good. Fucking Craig. <laughs> Medic. Forgot about that. <laughs> I was corroborated. So p- people agreed with that. And Many Mike McCarthy says on like Thursday and they're like, is Dak going to play? And Mike McCarthy's like, well, you know, he's got to cross the threshold. Like it's stranger things going through a portal or something. Like, what the hell does that mean? And then basically, like, you know, Dak's going to be a game-time decision. Okay. I feel like Cooper Rush was going to play the whole goddamn time. And so all these people, Sunday Night Football, so all these people with Amari Cooper and C.D. Lamb and Dalton Schultz, and if you needed Dak to do anything for you and you had Cooper Rush, C.D. Oh, Craig, were you one of those? I mean... That's me. I got screwed by this game because of Dak. (laughs) Because of Dak. By the way... So Dak has a calf injury. Before the game, he's doing like phys- very physically demanding, like hardcore calf lift jumps. Why well, is he doing that? Would that would prove it's healed. It's like running around guess, in those jump shoes. You know the one. Like, do you remember the jump shoes? You know those like knee high, like the platform. He's doing those like knee high jobs. Greg, I'm not gonna lie. You don't <laughs> yeah. sound disappointed. You sound mad. <laughs> <laughs> well, this isn't my. Well, if this were a different category called I'm not disappointed, I'm pissed, I would have added that. Yeah, that is a sidebar. I'm not disappointed. I'm fucking mad. He's doing like these knee-high like root jump workouts, and he's like balancing on his calves, flexing them. Uh, I mean, at the end of the anyway. day, though. No, they made the right the, decision. I'm just what saying. What is the point of that? None of the Cowboys like teams. really screwed you. Dalton Schultz had 3.1 points in PPR. Like that one hurt. But Zeke had like nine points. Zeke had 11 in PPR. Uh, CD had 17. Well, I don't do PPR. Okay, well, yeah, whatever. Well, I, I'm listen, saying they're not screwing. Isn't they it funny, though? Like, half PPR over. versus PPR, the mental difference of like nine versus like 10 and a half points. Right. Ele- like 11 and a half PPR is like six. It's like that's, <laughs> yeah. that's a shit game. We need to figure out the inflation. I'm just mad because if, if Dak played, this game would have been like 40 yeah, to 30. And they did all right. He robbed us. He robbed us of a fun game. Amari Cooper ended up. I mean, that was great at the end. And Cedric Wilson had the long touch. Anyway, I'm just saying it was. It was. It was a lot of stress. That's all. A lot of stress. This episode is brought to you by Hotels.com. If you're busy like me and you're trying to catch your kids' games, it's important to have somewhere where you can go to find a good hotel. We're all over the place. Sometimes, you know, we're in Florida. We'll be in New York. We want to take the wife on a quick vacation and get away. Whether you're looking for a relaxing getaway or heading out of town to see the playoffs, Hotels.com app has a perfect hotel for every trip. Compare up to five hotels side by side so you can see prices, amenities, and star ratings without having to switch back and forth between options. So start planning your next getaway and find your perfect somewhere in the Hotels.com app today. This episode is brought to you by UGG. Y'all know UGG is a brand that athletes wear all the time in the tunnel and on travel days. Well, I bet you think Ugg season is only during the colder months of the year. Oh, contraire. You're wrong. You need to check out the latest spring drop from Ugg. They have everything from sandals to clogs. I like the sandals. Ugg has you covered for your next spring adventure. Shop the Golden Collection at Ugg.com. New award this week. We got the D.B. Cooper Award for the biggest disappearance. (laughs) We like to think about the players in this category as just taking their briefcase mid-flight and jumping 
off the plane. Just being like, and then you, I'm out. Yeah. I'm done flirting with this waitress. No, stewardess. I'm out. I'm out. I'm going to leave. I'm going to jump out of the back of the plane. D.B. Cooper story. Very fascinating, by the way. Uh, we should talk Do about that at some point in the, in the off season. What's that? No, the D.B. Cooper story is fascinating. Not my D.B. Cooper story. I I never met him. I never met the oh. guy. Oh, <laughs> okay. Um, like, what are you about to say? I, I did like a. Yeah. I did like one of those go down the rabbit hole deep dives on the D.B. Cooper story one time. I did too a couple <laughs> it's years like ago. So fascinating. Freaking crazy. They never found. I, one of those never found probably him. died, but if he didn't, whoa. No, they, they found they found like his clothes or part of his briefcase or something, and then there, his body wasn't. Yeah, there. they found some of his money in like like in this riverbed or something like that and indicating that some of it had gotten lost. Anyway, there I think there was also a story about some uh woman said her husband on his deathbed told her that he was DB Cooper oh, no or way. something like that. Anyway, I could be completely so, off we'll base talk on to that. Parcast about you know, this next, yeah. Internet internet <laughs> deep dive someday. Um anyway, that was so that, this that, is the DB that, Cooper, Cooper stat was per next gen stats. We'll get that check. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh the DB Cooper award for biggest disappearance it goes to two guys for me this week. I got two here. Noah Fant. Two catches for eight yards. More like Noah Ware. Oh. Hey-o. Nailed it. Uh, and then the other one, which I want to give a, a sorry to the listeners for recommending you pick him up and play him. And Kenny Gainwell for the Eagles, who got... It wasn't necessarily like he got DB... He, he was DB Cooper. Like the team DB Coopered him. They just get, like they basically said, "Fuck this guy." Can you imagine if I told him. you they would have forty six carries and they wouldn't give Kenny Gainwell a carry? Or how many did he have? <laughs> no. So he had he ended, no, he had he ended up carries. having thirteen carries for twenty seven yards. Twelve out of those thirteen carries were in the second half. He was they barely even played him in the first half of the game. It was all Boston Scott and Jordan Howard. Is that the name? Jordan Howard. I'm complete. Yeah, yes. <laughs> Jordan, anyway, Howard. Jordan Howard. It's a really easy. It was like name when I trip. said it, I was like, "That doesn't sound right." Um. Anyway, yeah, he was basically not utilized whatsoever. We we had the thought that maybe it wouldn't be like the best game for Kenny Gainwell because they're playing from a positive script. They're leading. They're going to run the ball a lot. That might be part of the deal here. However, it feels more likely that he's in the doghouse for something, right? He just They didn't even barely use him at all in this game. Um, and now, and, and this was after being somewhat phased out uh, over the last few weeks as they kind of like leaned on Sanders more. And, so like there's something to this. Well, there's something Boston going on Scott here. Scott played pretty well all right. He also had, what, he had 60 yeah. yards and two touchdowns. Here's the interesting thing. So the knee-jerk reaction here is to say, wow, great game from the Eagles running backs who have been notoriously fickle. And we loved Miles Sanders as a buy low. Obviously, he got hurt. Big opportunity here. But like this can't happen again. The Lions have like one of the worst run defenses in football. But next week, the Eagles play the Chargers, who have, like, the other worst run defense in football. So this actually (laughs) really matters for streaming and for starting. Like, it's actually a really big deal. We'll talk about that more on waivers. But, I mean, it's it's oddly – it's one of those very not replicable games that is oddly still replicable next week. Maybe not 46 carries, but it's still very important. Yeah, I just thought – so I thought – I had the inkling that Boston Scott was going to be the early down guy, basically, essentially replacing Sanders – but I thought that Kenny Gainwell is going to have a much bigger role. And I certainly didn't think Jordan Howard was going to be playing over this guy um, in this game or or in general, just because like Kenny Gainwell, they hadn't even ba- they hadn't played Scott at all before Sanders got hurt. Like he had like nothing. It was all Gainwell. So I don't know. It's just bizarre. 
Um, I guess there were some signs over the last few weeks that potentially this could, he could be sort of phased out of the ground game. But man, this was disappointing. The disappearance. He did end up getting 13 carries and turned it into 27 yards in the second Marvel half. So it was a complete, almost a complete waste. Um, I definitely feel people's pain because I started him in a league or two. Craig, who's your DB Cooper? Mike Williams. It sucks that we're I here, told but you we are. Break your heart. Uh, he, he, he's had back-to-back duds. Mike Williams was averaging 90 yards a game for the first five games of the season and the last two games of the season. The most recent two, he's been averaging 24. He said two catches today, two catches in his last game. He's just not being used. I mean, the targets just not, are not even close to where they were. He's had five targets in each of the last two games. Before that, he was averaging like 11. Um, the, the, this is more of like, honestly, the entire Chargers team said peace and jumped out the plane. <laughs> the chart, yeah. yeah. The Chargers really did. They took their briefcase of money. We're going to role play here. <laughs> I'm actually going to say don't freak out about Mike Williams quite yet because I think the Patriots just looked at this offense and were like, if the Patriots take away the bad, the bad, the thing they do well, the Mike Williams deep balls were the obvious thing to kind of be like, no, nah, we're not, we're not going to let you do that. Yeah, I mean, they let up a deep ball to Keenan. Yeah, but yeah. I saw this from uh, my buddy Zach Cox who uh, covers the Patriots. Justin Herbert has now faced the Patriots twice. In those games, he's posted his worst and second worst passer rating of his career mm. and the worst and second worst completion percentage of his career. Mm. Two of his four career multi-interception games have come against New England. Bad wow. quarterback league, baby. Belichick's got his number. I tried to tell you. No one wanted to listen. I, it, Davis, what does Davis Mills do that <laughs> that Bill Belichick can't figure out? You know out? what? It's just, you know, it's just, he's a one of one. Him, Mike White. <laughs> this that game will forever go down as like one of the weirdest <laughs> shits. Just, the Mike White <laughs> game and the Davis Mills game. I just what is going on with the season? Okay. If Mac Jones didn't pull that game out of his ass and they didn't come back and win, that would be such a bigger deal that Davis Mills shredded I, that defense. I, <laughs> we're gonna have to do another follow up to the. We'll never top like the weirdest shit that happened in the 2020 season that, that obviously will just forever be number one, but we're going to have to do the weirdest things that happened in 2021. We're going to have to go. There's through. a lot already. There's a, it's a long list. All right. The Derrick Henry award for the player you wish you had in fantasy. Yes. Uh, hi Fitz, you go first. I, I'm, I'm just going to borderline. We almost need to rename this to the Cooper cup award. I just, mm. there's a lot of stats last week. He had the best, Start to a fantasy season free now, any receiver ever. This year, I just, this week, I just want to say he has more points uh, this season than he did last season. Like all of last season. The whole <laughs> yeah, last he's season, already he's already surpassed. He's already scored 10 touchdowns this season, uh, which is ridiculous. Um, yeah, it's like we're running out of things to say about Cooper yep. Cup at this point. Everything is easy for the for him and for this passing offense. Um, it does kind of feel like we've overlooked the fact that Matt Stafford is like, absolutely ridiculously shredding up defenses every week. Um, so maybe that's like what we talk about here, but like Cooper cup, wish I had him in more fantasy teams. So hot right now. Yes. Cooper cup. So hot right now. So good. And it doesn't feel, it doesn't feel like this is going away. I, I don't know if he's going to score 20 touchdowns this season, but like everything is so easy. Yeah, that's what it is. I mean, it's it's really the Rams and the McVay offense. Because I don't think Cooper Cup is like physically like a top five receiver in the league. But it's no, he, but he's what, not a scrappy white receiver just doing this with like pure grit. And work no, ethic. no, he's, he's like really, really good. But it's right. he's, but he's like wide the fuck open on most catches. It's like Cooper Cup's a really good receiver, but all yeah, it's just it's it's apparently breakfast with Stafford just does wonders. Bobby Trees just isn't getting breakfast with Stafford, I guess. Maybe that's the problem. I don't Dude, know. get up early and eat on, breakfast. Bobby Start Zooming with Stafford. Zoom with Stafford. See, I told you Fields and A-Rob would do the Zoom. All right. Great DK, game today. All right. Who's your 
So, yeah, my guy in this category, the Derrick Henry Award for player you wish you had in fantasy or wish you had more of well, is Michael leagues, Pittman. Yeah, you have a portfolio. Yeah, you know. Uh, Michael Pittman is a guy that we haven't really talked about a ton on this show. I Real mean, Glansberg. He was Yeah, he is legitimately turning into a star, like, before our eyes this season, I feel like. Um, he He's the type of player who... If he continues on this trend, he might end up being like a top fifty pick next year. I don't. Is that even like too high? Like, could he go higher than that or too low? I should Depends say. The could he go is. like in a top thirty? It does. Yeah, the quarterback play very sure. important. But yeah, you're not. Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah. There, I guess you could make the argument that like he fits well with Wentz because Wentz is willing to throw balls up into traffic. That's a good point. So maybe Wentz that doesn't is, care. Yeah, maybe that's like a big deal. Um, but you can't deny, like, he looks really good out there. He's mossing dudes on, like, one time or two times a game at this point. Um, 10 catches, 86 yards, two touchdowns, 30 points in PPR. Uh, and this is off a 105-yard and, and a touchdown game last week. He's also been, like, quietly really good, like, consistently. Week two, eight catches, 123 yards. Week three, six catches, 68 yards. Week five, six catches, 89 yards, and a touchdown. He is developing into a like wide receiver one, like an alpha, um, and it's just fun to see because you know he was so cheap. You, you could you caught a, his ADP before the season was 102. You could have got him in like the tenth, eleventh round. Yeah. So it's hard to find guys like that in that that late in the in the draft, and so like he's just been, you know, really really fun to watch. Brandon Cooks Award for player you don't want to acknowledge is actually good in fantasy. <laughs> I got one. This is me holding on to my takes and my hopes that like LaVisca Chenault was going to be a thing this year, <laughs> which just doesn't seem to be a thing. Jamal Agnew for the Jaguars is good at fantasy. I think it's I think it's fair to say like he he's the type of guy who's going to be like consistently utilized in this offense. I'm not saying he's like the greatest player in the world. He wears number 39, I think. It's just bizarre. It looks like he's out there playing DB and he catches I keep thinking he's like intercepting a pass when he gets it. Um, oh yeah, cuz he we, returned that the touchdown 109 yards and I thought he was a cornerback because it was like well, well what's what, funny who, what is receiver where's 39 he went to the University of San Diego and he played cornerback and returned kicks that was what he did in college yeah he's a receiver it's actually now. a really it's actually a cool story he uh basically I heard I heard this on Twitter so I don't know exactly what the story was but he basically taught himself how to play receiver <laughs> during the pandemic dude and, same like He's like watching videos on, he's on how, YouTube. He's like Googling how to be a receiver, you know? <laughs> this is like what I do with my house. I'm like, how do you put tile in the kitchen? This is he's what DK like, was saying, where like people have hobbies other than fantasy football. How do I <laughs> become, I knew just how do you play receiver? Other football. Uh, but, anyways, he, so the production is certainly there, and they certainly seem to be wanting to utilize him a lot in this offense. I saw, I saw Urban Meyer said he's the best separator on their team right now. Good God. Wait, can we just take a brief pause yeah. to acknowledge the fact that the best player on the Jaguars got better by not being coached? YouTube. <laughs> YouTube was better for the coaching than the Jaguars. Than Urban Meyer. Just throw that YouTube out is greater than Urban Meyer. Uh, um, today, 12 targets, 6 catches, 38 yards, and a touchdown. In week 6, because they had a bye week 7. Week 6, 5 catches, 78 yards. Week, week 5, Six catches, 41 yards. Uh, he's getting targets. He's doing enough with it. I'm not saying he's going to be like a wide receiver two or anything, but he's a flex option that seems to be consistently uh, a big target for Trevor Lawrence in this offense. They're always going to be playing with a negative game script or almost always. Yeah, 
I really wanted Chenault to be a thing. It doesn't look like he's going to be a it's thing fetch. at least this year. Jamal Agnew is what I wanted Chanel to Don't be. Don't make fetch so, yeah. a thing, DK. It's Agnew not. is also one of the three guys who has the record for the longest uh, touchdown ever, 109-yard touchdown. Trivia, can in, you name Antonio the other Cr- ones? I know one of them, and I don't know the other. It's Antonio Cromartie and Corderell Patterson. Patterson, yeah. Of course. Everything I of get course. should be, but <laughs> Patterson's everything I don't know is Patterson. All right, my uh, guy I don't want to admit is good is Michael Carter, which we already discussed. DK, or no, you just spoke. It's late. Sorry. Craig. Who's your guy you don't want to acknowledge uh, as good? Cedric Wilson on the Cowboys. I, I refuse. Yeah. I made <laughs> I so much fun of him in week one when he was like, uh, he's the number one like on the Cowboys. And I was like, the the, the chutzpah it takes to like, I'll be the number, I'll choose number one for the Dallas Cowboys, even on the yeah, floor receiver. Yeah. I'll never this believe, is the, I'll the never antithesis admit. of Jamal Agnew, who is 39. <laughs> Play with Cooper like, and CeeDee Lamb and just Michael keep Gallup. My DB my, number. I'm number one. Yeah. No, I'll never surrender on this hill. 39 is not even a good DB number. It's, it's just, it, yeah, Minka Fitzpatrick, isn't, that's kind of cool. Can we rank numbers? <laughs> that's funny. That, that's our numbers? Wednesday show. We got that figured out. We got Power Hour figured out. Email us at fantasyfootball at gmail.com. Please email us. Can your... you imagine trying to do two minutes on a number? <laughs> <laughs> We're like, all right, the number, the fourth best number is 21. Please some, email us. It's like round. It's got some, at it's got some curves on it, that number does. Email your arguments. Just looks for good the best in, the, in the color lay. Color way. We have to, f- we have to figure out like the position, though, because there's, I think it's receiver, right? That's what you got to be. We'll figure out what we're yeah. gonna rank. Quarterback. What do we want to quarterback or receiver numbers? Probably receiver. I think receiver. Like, yeah. That's the sexiest. No one grew up being like, I'm gonna be a right guard. <laughs> well, kids of a certain size did. Anyway. <laughs> uh weird, Damn. weird flex, but okay. I did mention this before, but Jordan Howard coming out of nowhere, two touchdowns, fifty-seven yards, uh, annoying the shit out of all Kenneth Gainwell managers. Yeah. Good job, Jordan Howard. Zero point one percent of people started Jordan Howard today. That's the point one percent that controls eighty percent of the global wealth. Those are the people who like (laughs) (laughs) they're on the Jordan Howard tech billionaires. They know because apparently they can see the future, and they started Jordan Howard. Bezos started him (laughs) exactly. All right. Quick aside, I want to briefly rank some of the good Halloween costumes. Did you see Mm. Aaron Rodgers' Instagram that he was John Wick? Honestly, it was I really did. good. It was great. unbelievable. Check out yeah, his Instagram. There's two different posts. One is just the dog. And it's amazing. Do you think he grew his hair out specifically for Halloween? Not 100%, but I'm like 90. I, 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 <laughs> 95%. I think that's actually why he grew the hair out. I think he was growing it out because like he was kind of in that mindset. And then like September rolled around and someone's like, yo, you should just keep that for Halloween. And he was like, ooh. No, <laughs> I, no I, I really actually like this whole time. This whole Packers like thing that Aaron Rodgers has done for like the last year and like the he's gonna get traded or they're gonna that give him a new contract, all this stuff. I think he watched John Wick Parabellum one night and was like, That's my vibe this year. Like I'm gonna fucking kill everyone. <laughs> I'm gonna destroy everybody. Prepare for war. <laughs> it was good. All right. Number yeah. two though. I'm thinking I'm back. I'm liking yeah. Miles Garrett, the Grim Reaper coat with all the names of the quarterbacks he sacked. I got. Yeah. I gotta say, he's playing it a little heavy. The problem is you <laughs> lost the game. Ended. You have to win. If you're gonna show up with literally the name of everyone you've sacked, you have to win the game. I just feel like I've been hearing about this for like the last two weeks. Oh, he's got the gravestones outside of his house about the quarterback. It's like I get it. Okay, 
but I, you know who I would put ahead of him? His had a lot of makeup and stuff, so it was it was cool, very ornate. But uh, Josh Allen, did you see his? No, actually. He dressed up as Phil Mickelson. Did he and really? he walked oh, in yeah, and was yeah. like, him and was like pointing and looking at his calves. It was really good. Wait, I'm actually going to look this up. That's actually really funny. <laughs> yeah, that was great. Oh, I, I did. I made this category. To be honest, I missed a lot. I just really made it for Aaron Rodgers. It, by oh, this, going oh, back this to Miles Josh Garrett, this one's really good. Going back to Miles Garrett, real quick, you have to admit the, or you have to kind of admire the commitment after he did the whole bit with my, Kyler Murray's gravestone being really small. <laughs> even though they, really? and then yeah. they, they lost to the Cardinals anyway. <laughs> Wait, what? Kyler Murray gravestone's tinier than the other ones. It's just a mini gravestone. Wait, I'm sorry. I'm looking this up right now. Oh my god, it never even occurred to me. That's so that's funny. funny. Did you not see this? I didn't oh realize the I didn't it was the Kyler one's tinier. I didn't put that together. You're I listening to Heifetz like Loses Minds live. That's so funny. <laughs> You're listening to Heifetz Losing His Mind <laughs> my... on KCR Radio. Okay, sorry. <laughs> Speaking of losing his mind, this while I'm just laughing, punch drunk at like whatever time it is right now, I just want to shout out Tracy Wolfson, the sideline reporter for CFB. She just wore wolf ears, and I actually really appreciated that. I feel like sideline yeah. reporters never have any fun. <laughs> I know. I agree. Good for her. Yeah. Good pun. All right. Prop bet update. Man. Nah, we'll just move right past that. <laughs> not that great. Let's just say the Mike White under didn't hit. <laughs> the under and the passing yards did not survive. No, the, the Mike first White half. rushing yards one did. The didn't rushing it? yards one, which Indeed. I brought forward. That was a one roller of the coaster lone of survivors of the day. Big Zoinks energy yeah. for us. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Let's not dwell on it. Let's just flush it, move on to next week. Flava. Do Can less, do more. Okay. Uh, this is a very important conversation. It's burn book time. Yeah. We have a lot of candidates here. I want to just throw out. I I, kind of want to burn the Browns receivers like Jarvis and Odell, like the LSU. Like that was a fun idea that really was never fun in practice. And we let's just give up. Like it was never good. (laughs) Let's just Jarvis. I'm not going to say he blew the game, (laughs) but he really if someone blew the game for the Browns is probably Jarvis. Like he fumbled. He bobbled the last pass. It wasn't an easy catch, drop. but like, it, I don't know if it's a drop. We need a word for between a bobble and a drop, but like Jarvis really blew it. And then Odell had like the worst game of his career in which he did not get hurt in the game. Like he literally had one, I think, did he have one catch for six yards? Literally the he worst had one game catch of his career. on 42 snaps. Worst game of Odell's career, basically. I, we could go into why that is forever, but for fantasy purposes, like I, these, I'm done. I'm done with these guys. I, I, I actually think I've, I think that's the best one. I was going to suggest like kind of just the Jacksonville Jaguars as a unit. Uh, <laughs> just kind of the whole team. We just kind of just, we, we move on. You guys we can't James? burn Agnew. I just admitted that he's a thing. I do like him. Do you guys know James Robinson has 0.6 less points than Trevor Lawrence on the season? It's not great. LaVisca Chenault, <laughs> zero touchdowns. Like no one's good. Dan uh, Arnold. You know who's good? Marvin like, Jones. My guy. He's not. He's not. He's had some good weeks. Th- 30 yards today. I, mean, I just, everybody in the Jacksonville Jaguars, I, mean, we, I just remember I, us talking ourselves into them a little bit this season I, about, oh, they're yeah. going to be it out. Talking ourselves into them. You talked yourself no. into them. Come oh, in, DK. DK. Was there with me? 
Yeah, I was there. We were all, listen, we came around to the idea that perhaps the Jags, while they might not be a good team, Lawrence would be slinging it, 48 passing attempts a game, a lot of picks, but a lot of touchdowns. We all got drunk on this, and you guys were doing Jacksonville Jaguar shots, and then I was like, no. And then I took some (laughs) shots, too, and I got drunk on it, too. But I sobered up first. We're doing drop shots. And at the end of this, I was like, oh, what are we doing here? And I was and I partook. I'm not proud of it, but like. Craig, you get peer pressure. Do not pretend it. like you were not the ringleader of yeah. this. You you bought the bottle and you passed out the. You poured the shots and handed them out. Anyway, he's he's the guy buying shots. Yeah, like, and it was like God, ten minutes got so before closing time. We're like, yeah, fine. I was like, let's do it. Actually, I don't know. I I feel like I don't remember it that way. I feel like I was pretty excited about it too. I want to take some take some of the uh, blame here too. I I think also it's worth noting like Lawrence hasn't been quite as sharp as I had hoped. He he did not look great today against the Seahawks. Well, obviously, I, I, his coaches are not great. I I have to say one other thing. That's a big while thing. While we're talking about yeah. Urban Meyer, I have to say something. I, there's been sweet, like so much said about Urban Meyer being like a bad coach, but so much of it has really not focused on like coaching. I ha- this is so meaningless. But there was a minute and forty six seconds left. The Jaguars were down twenty four nothing, and they scored a touchdown. So it's 24 to 6. There's a minute and 40 left. And they kicked an extra point. Right. Which then like, makes them down 17. You can 17. make an extra point. Right. So you're, yeah. So it's like you're 24 to 6. If you make it 24 to 8, it becomes a two possession game. Yes, you have to do the onside and get it back and do the onside. But it's a two possession game. And they instead, they're like, you know what? Fuck it. Let's make it a three possession game. Let's just not even With try. a minute and a half left. <laughs> what? Speaking of let's give up. Earth. Yeah. Is the rationale other than seven just looks better than six? Right. Seven looks like we scored a touchdown. Six looks like maybe we just had two field goals. It's like that is like Or a, maybe even worse, they just didn't know that they should yeah, go for right. two is there. It, is it malpractice or is it negligence? I don't know if there's a more basic football <laughs> IQ test than like, do you want to Those are two words you don't want to be thrown around to seven. coaches? I, I couldn't let that go. That was astonishing. Did you guys see the thing where there was somebody tweeted back-to-back clips of Mike Tomlin being asked if he was going to maybe take the USC job and <laughs> Urban mm-hmm. Meyer being asked if he was going to take we, the USC can job. Wait, can we play that in this? It's kind of long. Tomlin goes on for a bit. But Tom, <laughs> but that's the point. The body Tomlin goes just... 45 seconds about how he loves the Steelers and the organization and the passion he feels for his players. He would never want to leave them. And he's like, listen, I guess you can say, you know, I guess they say never say never, but never. And that's how he ended it. <laughs> And then it cuts to the same question to Urban, and he's like, I mean, I mean, no, no, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> he's looking down, too. Urban's not great with eye contact. Oh, my God. Urban Meyer's, like, fidgeting. He's like, can't look He's like, I mean, camera. maybe, but, like, probably not. Unbelievable. <laughs> I mean, how much, how, how much are they paying? How much are we talking? <laughs> All right. Are there any of the burn book inductees or any no, nominees? I think we have to pick. So who are we giving? It, who are we doing? I think it, I should, think- be, it should be Odell, honestly. Odell. How is it I'm not been Odell been yet? So not right. Jarvis, yeah. just yeah. Odell? Because yeah, Jarvis has been hurt all Jarvis. year. Odell's playing through two, like, injured shoulders. I feel a little bad. Yeah. Like, he but, both sh- he's postponing surgery to play for this team. The burn book has been especially merciless this year. We, like, burned <laughs> Raheem Mostert. And then he, like, was out for the season. All right, season. we didn't know he was out for the year, okay? When it happened. <laughs> We're just, like, I will jerks. No, it's, 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 it was... Um, I get it. He's gutting through an injury. I, I, he's I, also, it was literally the worst game of his career. 
I think the Odell thing, it, it's this has been a long time coming, honestly. This has kind of been like yeah. since he's been this on the market. A lot of people listening right now are like, how did you not do this like four years ago? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, our whole pitch in the offseason, one of my whole things was that Jarvis has just been better than Odell since they've been on the That's Browns. That's a good point. Really, it's been mercy that we waited this long. That's maybe. Yeah. All right. Odell. Let's do a real quick. Let's do a real quick burn back burn book recap. We had uh, Raheem Mostert week one, Marcus Callaway week two, Kyle Shanahan. This one's like really like playing out well. Uh, week three, Mike Davis week four. Sorry, God, I, I, I uh, just, Alan Robinson uh, in week five. Another good one. We've been hot this year. Another good one. No one has rebounded. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Miles Gaskin. Did we burn him and then he scored thirty points, or what, he did had we a thirty score, points? Did we burn him after? He had 30 points and then like zero and then we burned him and then he had 30 again. We're like, fuck this. <laughs> but then this week he had like six. Yeah. So it paid Robbie out. Robbie Anderson. Because he's going up and down. And Robbie Anderson, I think he got hurt today, but I think he had like literally had zero points. Yeah. And then Beckham. And there you have I it. don't feel bad about any of those. I mean, I feel a little bit bad about the whole Mostert thing, but that's fine. Again, you know, hindsight's 20 We didn't know. Yeah. We didn't know he was out for the year. <laughs> All right. Odell, you're in the burn book. Sorry. All right. That's all we got. Thank you, DK. Thank you, Craig. Urban Meyer, no thanks to you. I don't know what you're doing. Odell, sorry it took so long. Thank you, Mike, for producing this episode. Thank you, Lauren. Lauren. Oh, God. Thank you, Cake. Did I say that one? I don't know. Craig doesn't even know what cake is. I don't. I don't. Spelled like it sounds? Craig doesn't know what cake I just Googled cake and it didn't work. I Googled cake band. Were you an idiot? Can you Google cake? Did it come? Did not know Google works? I just Googled the word cake. You know the short skirt, long jacket song? Probably a lovely thing to Google. What kind of cake? What kind of cake comes up first if you Google cake? Well, like it's cakes in the area of LA to buy Magnolia Bakery, Milk Bar. Corporate capitalism zaddy right there. Milk Bar, though. Dave Chang. Shout out Milk, oh, milk Bars. There's a Milk Bar near me, actually. Love Milk go. Bar. All right. This pod's running long. <laughs> we got, we're talking about Rep cake. Up. You know how tough do it is Oscars, to like move do near the a, Oscars song, Craig. You know tough wrap it, is it up. To like move near a Milk Bar right after you find out you really shouldn't eat dairy. That's like sucks. Take lactate, lactose. What's it called? That, that, is a, that is a story for another day. You, you no, don't let's think that, dive into that now. You don't think let's that this is dive into time? I wanted to hear. You're lucky I didn't ask more about DK's snowboarding years. We'll get into that. I could tell you about it. Did you it. have shoulder length hair like Aaron Rodgers did? <laughs> no. I've actually, the longest my hair ever was, it was like in college, it was like not quite shoulder length, but it was getting close. Send pics, please. Think of that I'm back. Uh, see if I can dig one up. Yeah. Sweet. That's yeah. This episode is brought to you by UGG. Y'all know UGG is a brand that athletes wear all the time and the tunnel and on travel days. Well, I bet you think UGG season is only during the colder months of the year. Oh, contraire. You're wrong. You need to check out the latest spring drop from UGG. They have everything from sandals to clogs. I like the sandals. UGG has you covered for your next spring adventure. Shop the golden collection at UGG.com.
This episode is brought to you by Lincoln in the all new 2024 Nautilus Hybrid, featuring a customizable 48 inch panoramic display, available Revel audio system, and available perfect position front seats with active motion massage. Oh my God. The world isn't wide enough. Visit Lincoln.com to learn more. Some models, trims, and features may not be available or may be subject to change. Check with your local retailer for current information. Lincoln and Nautilus are trademarks of Ford or its affiliates.